Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. A deadly crash on Highway 1 near Chilliwack shuts it down for hours. Enough's enough. We actually need our resources. Pipeline supporters rally in support of the controversial project was less than a week before the Kinder Morgan deadline. It is part of the baseball experience, having a hot dog. And they go hand in hand. So why are hot dog sales not being allowed at a Vancouver Little League park? You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, it's been a nightmare for anybody trying to drive Highway 1 through the Fraser Valley. A serious collision near Chilliwack has left one person dead and it shut down traffic in both directions for hours. Jill Bennett has the details. Highway 1 was closed in both directions after a crash just before 11 a.m. RCMP say an eastbound vehicle crossed into the westbound traffic and collided with another vehicle. A passenger in the westbound vehicle was killed. Emergency health services tweeted out this information. Multiple ambulances were dispatched. Two patients were transported to hospital by air ambulance, both in critical condition. I know that there was an entrapment in the white vehicle because they were trying to uh, open the door. And a guy did come and ask people if someone had a crowbar. And there was a guy with an axe um, hitting the driver's door, trying to see if he could open the door. The crash happened east of Bridal Falls on the Trans-Canada, between Bridal Falls and Hurling Island, closing the highway in both directions. Wreckage was strewn across the roadway and grass median. On the west side of the crash, people were stranded for hours. How long were you in line there for? About an hour. An hour? Yeah. Coming from? Uh, Maple Ridge. How long have you been on the road? Almost one and a half hour. Where are you coming from? Sorry. And where are you going? With Soyuz. Witnesses say there was also a dog injured in the crash. Someone had said that that was a dog that uh, they were comforting the dog was hurt. And then I saw dog treats and like bags of dog treats all over the road. It's expected the highway will fully reopen later this evening. Jill Bennett, Global News. In the Okanagan, a hit-and-run crash in Kelowna has been caught on dash camera this morning. The owner of the dash cam sharing the video in hopes someone might recognize the vehicle involved and call police. It was just before 6 o'clock this morning. A black Dodge Ram was at the roundabout at Old Vernon and Rutland Road. The pickup slamming into a minivan before leaving the scene. No one was able to get hold of the license plate number. The dash cam owner did make out that the truck had an Alberta plate. All right, now gets to the provincial wildfire fight. And more firefighters are on their way to help battle the most threatening fire burning northwest of Kamloops. More than a dozen properties have already been evacuated because of the Alley Lake fire. There are also more on alert as investigators now try to figure out what sparked the flames. Nadia Stewart has the latest. An army of aircraft assembled to battle the Alley Lake wildfire from above. It didn't grow in size overnight, but at 2,200 hectares, it's still one of the most active wildfires burning in B.C. right now. It's scary because it's a lot of fires, but 
I don't know. It's what we got to live with now. Alice Springett isn't worried about the situation so far this year, especially compared to last year when the Elephant Hill wildfire forced her out of her home. Still, she's hoping for better weather conditions so ground crews can get a handle on the blaze. I really can't imagine fighting it because you're all up and down hills and the wind's constantly changing and there's constant wind. The BC Wildfire Service says the forecast over the next few days could either help or hamper the efforts of the 112 firefighters on the front lines. The forecast for the next couple of days is very similar to what we've been seeing the last couple of days. So still higher than average temperatures and low relative humidity, which can increase the fire risk and we are currently looking at high to very high risk in some areas of the Kamloops Fire Centre. There are seven wildfires of note burning across B.C., most of them in the Prince George Fire Centre. People in the Thompson-Nicola Regional District have been warned about the risk. The, the chance of wildfire is extremely high, so people really need to be aware. The situation in all of Western Canada is starting to become quite extreme and active, so we have been bringing in additional firepower. Ramping up their efforts early in this fire season. Nadia Stark, Global News. A high-risk sex offender who Vancouver police warned about is back in custody tonight. The VPD issuing the warning about Richard Darren Rondeau on Thursday after he failed to return to his halfway house. The 33-year-old was arrested at a home early this morning by the new Westminster Police Department. Although he wasn't found to have committed any offences at the time of his arrest, investigators now trying to work out what he was doing over the past two days. Rondeau was serving time for sexually assaulting a 17-year-old girl. A 21-year-old Chilliwack man has been charged in connection with a violent robbery at a Vancouver pot shop last year. Corey Philip Wise is accused in the heist at a Weeds pot shop on Victoria Drive last November. The suspect, seen on surveillance video, entered the dispensary and quickly jumped the counter, attacking the clerk and lunging for marijuana on the shelf. The suspect then pushed the clerk again before smashing into a returning employee as he fled through the front door. Weiss is charged with robbery and set to appear in court next week. In Abbotsford, police are looking for witnesses to a stabbing early yesterday morning. The attack happened in the 2300 block of McCallum Road just after 2 a.m. A man with a stab wound found in a parking lot. Fortunately, his injuries are said to be minor. If you saw the incident or have any information, you're being asked to contact Abbotsford Police or Crime Stoppers. Now, the May 31st deadline is looming for Kinder Morgan to decide whether or not it's going to go ahead and build an expansion to the Trans Mountain Pipeline. Today, there were rallies held in five BC communities in support of the controversial project, including a demonstration in Langley. Julia Foy reports. When Canada flourishes, the world flourishes. Thank you. The 100 people who gathered at this Langley farm seem to have one message. Get the Kinder Morgan pipeline built before it's too late. Enough's enough. We actually need our resources. And, and so I do actually believe we've been quiet because we were busy. But now I think it's time that we need to start speaking up. Thank you so much. This pro-pipeline rally is one of five being held simultaneously around B.C., the events are organized by a group called Suits and Boots, a collection of Alberta oil and gas industry investors. Many locals say the uncertainty around the future of the pipeline is harming us all. It's holding me back all the regulations around pipelines. If I wanted to go forward and get a job in the oil and gas industry, 
I'd be putting my future on the line knowing that I might not have job stability. We need to have standards, we need to have environmental assessments, and when those assessments are done, we need to respect the people that have done these. What's the rest of Canada going to do when we stop uh, making money off of uh, oil and LNG and gas? I mean, it's, it's a terrible situation. A situation which continues to heat up. On Thursday, a B.C. Supreme Court judge threw out applications from the city of Vancouver and the Squamish Nation to overturn environmental certificates given to the Kinder Morgan Project. Premier John Horgan's reaction? There are still several legal battles left to fight. The risk versus reward equation when it comes to the transmission of diluted bitumen uh, is all reward on one side and all risk on the other. The No Pipeline movement also has the support of the Union of BC Indian Chiefs. This uh, pipeline will never be built. But GM Band Chief Ernie Cray says if Kinder Morgan pulls out of the project, his members will put their own money up to help get it built. Yes, we would. It would depend on the conditions and the circumstances. And I dare say many of the other 43 First Nations would do the same in a heartbeat. We concluded an agreement with Kinder Morgan that we can be proud of. Kinder Morgan has set a deadline of May 31st for governments to guarantee the project can be completed in a safe and timely manner. The suits and boots are betting on it. Julia Foy, Global News. SkyTrain riders can expect delays near the Granville station as the main escalators there are being replaced for the first time in 32 years. The station's big three escalators are being removed and rebuilt piece by piece on site. The installation will take two years. It means the Seymour Street entrance will be closed until the spring of 2020. The escalators feeding in and out of Granville Station are the longest in Metro Vancouver, moving more than 10 million passengers every year. The most efficient and lowest cost way to do this project is to allow the workers the space to, as quickly as they can, finish the upgrades of the three units in one go. One of the busiest routes in and out of Vancouver will be partially shut down starting tonight. Area businesses already gearing up for a major slowdown. It's going to be huge, especially in like uh, probably our best season for customers and tourists. East First Avenue from Nanaimo to Rupert Street, as well as the Highway 1 overpass to Boundary Road, will see partial lane closures until the end of the summer. First Avenue will be fully closed from Nanaimo to Clark Drive starting in July. That will last through to August. Fortis BC is digging up the road to replace 20 kilometres of natural gas line through Coquitlam, Burnaby and Vancouver. People need to plan a little bit of extra time to get to their destination. If they check out our website, talkingenergy.ca, we do have an interactive map where they can see where we're working when, and that'll help them plan their commute. About 30,000 vehicles normally use that route every single day. Now, the Canadian Food Inspection putting out a recall warning for a popular brand of baby food. This is what you've got to check out for. Select Love Child Organics and PC Organics brand baby food pouches. The product's being recalled due to packaging defects that may allow bacteria to get inside and contaminate the product. If you want to check the Canadian Food Inspection website, you'll get more information on that. 
A small community in southeastern BC is fighting to keep its emergency room open 24-7 amidst a doctor shortage. The village of New Denver along the shore of Slocan Lake is served by a 24-hour health centre. A decision to change emergency room hours to 9am to 5pm was delayed until this spring, pending the recruitment of new doctors. New Denver has had one permanent doctor since last, no- uh, last September and the community has been struggling to fill two vacant physician positions, even using a YouTube tourism video at one point as a recruitment tool. Recently, a young doctor showed interest in moving to New Denver and residents rallied Friday to make sure their health care is maintained. Welcome back. Well, dozens of exotic birds were on the move today. A rather delicate operation at times to get 70 parrots packed up and put into crates this morning. They're all heading to their new home, which is a farmhouse in Ladna. For the past couple of years, they've been staying in an East Vancouver building, but that is now slated for demolition. This location has served us really well, and we're really grateful to the landlord who's given us extension after extension after extension with this place. And it certainly served the purpose. We had up to 170 birds here at one point last year. Um, but uh, given the location um, and given the setup, we weren't able to have sunlight and fresh air. And so they've been in this kind of uh, artificial environment for quite some time. So we're really excited to have windows, to be able to open windows. We're getting screens installed next week. Well, the birds were once part of the World Parrot Refuge in Coombs on Vancouver Island, but that had to be shut down after its founder died. The remaining birds now available to be adopted out. Now, hot dogs and Little League, of course, go hand in hand, but not at one Vancouver ballpark. Jericho Baseball has had to fight red tape just to get a permit to sell hot dogs and burgers at its concession. Kristen Robinson reports. It's a Little League tradition, baseball and hot dogs. But you won't find any for sale at Vancouver's Carnarvon Park concession. It's a shame because the kids and the parents miss out. Yeah, it kind of sucks that you can't have one. For weeks, Jericho Baseball has been pulling out all the stops to get a city permit to sell hot dogs and burgers here. And we have it listed hot dogs, burgers, veggie burgers, all the things, and every game, and there are lots of them, we hear not this week, not not today, not tonight. It's like, come on, it's a hot dog. The Little League team's efforts caught in bureaucratic red tape. We can have 420 where there are 40,000 people eating God knows what, uh, and there's no problem, but this little concession stand here at Carnarvon Park, we can't sell a hot dog. At issue, food safety. Vancouver Coastal Health says it's open to working with Jericho Baseball to resolve any specific concerns. But time is running out. The season ends in mid-June. There's got to be a way to make it a little quicker and a little simpler. The park board also pushing for a solution and possibly a different type of permit process for smaller events. These are kids and parents trying to play a little baseball and enjoy you know, some hot dogs in some parks. So... Just a little frustrated that sometimes we get bogged down in process. For now, parents are firing up their own fix, grilled hot dogs by donation. We've been waiting all the whole game for this. Seventh inning stretch, eh? A concession prize for fans still hoping a ballpark favorite will stay in the game. 
Kristen Robinson, Global News. Well, today was the day to be indoors if you're a fan of European soccer. A lot of local pubs packed to watch the Champions League final. Real Madrid taking on Liverpool with Real Madrid trying to win their third consecutive Champions League title. The Butcher and Bullock pub on West Pender is the home of the Vancouver branch of the Liverpool Supporters Club. People lining up there since this morning just to get in. If you're just a fan of sports in general or you've even heard of sports, this is probably the greatest environment you might have ever experienced in Vancouver outside of maybe a Game 7 Stanley Cup final with the Canucks. <laughs> well, it's nice. well that must have been pre-game. He looked very happy. Oh, that was that was way before the uh, <laughs> during the game. Probably the first half when things looked okay for that uh, yeah. for their their side, but it didn't end uh, in in um, happiness. Happy A lot times. of tears. I think they cried yeah. in their beers. Or probably still crying. <laughs> uh, what else is going on in sport then, Chanel? Uh, you know what? We're going to talk a lot of soccer. Uh, we're going to show you highlights from the Real Madrid uh, Liverpool game. Show you probably. The greatest European soccer goal at this tournament ever. It is absolutely spectacular. If you didn't see it, we'll show it to you. Plus, uh, down at BC Place, the Whitecaps, a very entertaining uh, game versus the Revolution. A 3-3 draw, their fourth straight tie game. Uh, highly entertaining. Some good goals. We'll show you that. And uh, some uh, Blue Jays uh, action and uh, maybe a little bit of NBA action as well. Maybe. Maybe. Just teasing. If I feel, if I feel like it. All right. Uh, we had some uh, really decent sunshine again today, Yvonne. It was yes, nice. Yes. Depending on where you were, some nice breaks in the cloud today. Uh, temperatures have bumped up once again and the heat is on, especially for interior sections. Wanted to show you the ter- current tower cam where a few spots have seen more cloud cover than sun. It should brighten up very nice nicely to round off the weekend for tomorrow. One area across the province, the north coast, we are seeing a rainfall warning that is in effect. I'll have those details coming up very shortly, and we'll talk about the heat for the interior and the fire concern as well. Well, the results are official in Ireland, where voters have voted overwhelmingly to repeal the country's strict ban on abortion. It was a bitterly contested referendum that divided the predominantly Catholic nation. The government now saying it is going to amend the law to allow abortion in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy. The moment campaigners in Ireland knew they made history. Votes in favour of the proposal. 1,429,981. In the end, it was a landslide. More than 66% overturning the country's controversial abortion ban. The stakes so high, thousands of Irish expats from around the world returned to the Emerald Isle to cast their ballots. The Eighth Amendment gave an equal right to life to both mother and unborn child, effectively banning all abortions except when a mother's life is at risk. Despite their loss, anti-abortion groups vowed to fight on. I think it's a sad day for this country. In the last three decades, Ireland has legalized contraception, divorce and same-sex marriage. This vote marks a dramatic shift in what was once described as the most Catholic country in the world. The ban forced thousands of women to travel abroad for legal abortions. Women like Siobhan Donahue. She was looking forward to the birth of her third child when a scan at 20 weeks revealed a severe fetal abnormality. There was no chance her baby would survive. We had two horrible options. We could continue and torture ourselves with continuing the pregnancy. Or we could travel 
shorten how long we had to deal with the horribleness. Leaving home to have an abortion left her emotionally scarred, a traumatic experience that she hopes other Irish women won't have to repeat. I often feel I do this in memory of my baby, but that what we went through and his brief existence will not have been for nothing. That would have made a difference. Lucy Kafanov, NBC News, Dublin. The leaders of the two Koreas held a surprise second summit today. The talks that the demilitarized zone furthered the peace talks that started at their historic first meeting last month and served as another sign that the planned summit between North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and U.S. President Donald Trump may still go ahead after all. Trump cancelled the meeting on Thursday, but said yesterday that discussions between the two countries are continuing. Trump is now insisting that the summit could still take place on June the 12th in Singapore as planned and is criticising media reports that suggest otherwise. Days after TransLink pressed pause on actor Morgan Freeman's voice announcement on transit, the Oscar winner issued a strong denial that he sexually harassed anyone. That comes as a major corporation that featured Morgan Freeman in their advertising says it has now stopped using those commercials. Get busy living or get busy dying. For decades, he personified the voice of reason. I'm considered a bit of a storyteller myself. Now, Oscar-winning actor Morgan Freeman using that same voice to craft a series of rebukes and apologies after reported sexual harassment accusations from at least eight women on film sets, during interviews, and at his own production company. Freeman, now defiant, saying, I am devastated that 80 years of my life is at risk of being undermined. I am someone who feels a need to try to make women and men feel appreciated and at ease around me, but I also want to be clear, I did not create unsafe work environments, I did not assault women. The CNN report details what accusers say is a pattern of inappropriate behavior. Allegations from two named and six unnamed women range from unwanted touching to public comments about women's clothing or bodies, all spurred by the CNN reporter's own encounter with Freeman. Right when I walked into the room, he began to make sexually suggestive comments to me. Now, more video has surfaced, including a 2015 comment Freeman made to an Entertainment Tonight correspondent. You kind of dressed us halfway between your knees. And you and you sit down right across from me and you cross your legs. NBC News has not verified these allegations, but they are already damaging the 80-year-old actor's career. Visa releasing a statement saying the credit card company will be suspending our marketing in which the actor is featured. Freeman, defined for his wise on-screen roles, now facing scrutiny for his off-screen behavior. Steve Patterson, NBC News, Hollywood. In Health Matters tonight, eating an egg a day could help keep heart disease away. A new study has found that people who had an egg a day have an 18% lower risk of death from cardiovascular disease. That is compared to those who don't eat eggs. Researchers in China are also finding that daily egg consumers had a 26% lower risk of stroke that leads to brain bleeds. Eggs can be a source of cholesterol, but they also contain high quality protein and a lot of vitamins too. And here's more about food. Eating seafood can help couples get pregnant faster. New research finding that 92% of couples who ate seafood more than twice a week were pregnant at the end of one year. That's compared to 79% for couples who ate less of it. Seafood, an important source of protein and other nutrients, but there have been concerns about high levels of mercury in fish. You're watching Global News Hour at 6.
Well, we've been reporting all of this week that it has been an early start to the wildfire season and that has people in the Okanagan once again preparing for the worst this summer. Here's Jules Knox of Global Okanagan. Scavenging the forest floor for fire fuels, keeping big branches and small logs on a growing pile to be carted away. Volunteers here are hoping cleaning up will help keep this land a little safer. You know, every year we watch the fires happen all around us, across the lake, in cars landing or in lake country last year. Uh, It just happens everywhere and it seems pretty inevitable that sooner or later it's going to hit our community as well. Aggressive fires are already raging in the interior because of hot and dry conditions. People in Kelowna's Clifton neighborhood are doing what they can to prevent a battle with Mother Nature. Very worried. If we go from flood to uh, fire, and uh, we've got to do something about it, so uh, I'm out here helping. Fires can travel quickly, upwards of 8 kilometres every hour. To stop the spread, volunteers are trimming tree trunks and clearing deadwood. The forest accumulates fire fuel as we go along every year, um, and because we always prevent burns, uh, there's an excess of the fire fuel, so you just got to keep cleaning it up as it comes. Homeowners should clear 10 meters of space around buildings from fire fuels, like trees, shrubs, even wood piles. Collecting debris wherever it would blow into, inside corners, under decks, etc., those are the same places that the sparks are going to blow when there's a fire. Over the last 10 years, an average of 2,500 wildfires are started each year in B.C., burning more than 25,000 hectares of land annually. Officials are hoping that by being proactive and following the Fire Smart program, communities and homeowners can help reduce their risk. Jules Knox, Global News, Kelowna. All right, well, let's get some more details on that weather. And I know, Yvonne, you've got uh, a look at what's happening there, especially in the interior today. Yes, I've got an update also as well as the temperatures. But first off, here's a look at what we're seeing outside this evening. We've had cloud cover, still seeing dry conditions overnight. And then a nice clearing will be on the way. But it's as we get closer towards the noon hour for tomorrow. That's a beautiful shot this evening overlooking English Bay. 18 as our current temperature, a southeasterly wind at 17 kilometers per hour. Our high today was at 19 degrees. We're close to where we we should be for this time of the year and a record on the almanac 26 degrees was set back in 1958 with official sunset this evening at 902 25 is the high today for the thompson okanagan a soyuz today up to 27 areas near the peace climbing up to 16 and a high for of 20 degrees for victoria 12 is your current temperature for tofino prince rupert sitting at nine kamloops at 23 and trail with a current temperature of 26 Satellite and radar. Most areas across the province, especially the southern half, we are seeing dry conditions, but a low and weather system and a series of fronts still working its way across the north coast, bringing a significant amount of moisture. Most areas across the central interior, it's isolated showers for the evening hours. Rainfall warning in effect, that's inland sections for the north coast. Areas near Kitimat looking between 50 and up to 60 millimeters of rainfall. That'll be a total taking you in towards tomorrow evening, and then it'll start to ease off late in the day, or late by the evening hours. A quick snapshot of the dry conditions that we've been seeing. It's been dry for May. We typically get up to 13 days. So far, we've only had three days of rain and 1.6 millimeters, well below the average at 65, and temperatures also above the average with 14.8. Fire numbers right now, eight fires of note, seven human caused, and three of them on Friday. 
Flood watch still seeing it for Stolkan River, Shuswap River, and high stream flow advisory still in effect for 16 areas. This evening, the majority of the moisture is going to stay across the northern half of the province and continuing heavy at times for tomorrow, up to 60 millimeters before it does start to ease off. It's the central and southern half of the province that will continue to see the warm temperatures till tomorrow and then a bit of a reprieve as we look ahead towards next week. Three-day forecast starting off in the feast. Uh, we will see uh, some, a few sunny breaks tomorrow, but gusty winds of up to 50 kilometers per hour. White horse with a mainly cloudy sky, a southerly wind tomorrow at 30 kilometers per hour. Here's the bulk of the moisture inland, 15 up to 60 millimeters. Periods of rain along the coast with a high of 12 degrees. Caribou and central interior. Cloud cover tomorrow should remain dry and then back into some sunshine for Monday, Tuesday. Columbia Kootenai region, 29 is the high. UV index at 7 or high tomorrow. Thompson Okanagan, 28 with a mainly sunny sky. There'll be more breaks for the afternoon. Whistler at 23, plenty of sunshine for the next three days. And most spots across the island, central and southern sections remaining dry. Northern and western sections, though, getting it clipped by that front. So we are seeing some shower activity on and off. Off. Metro Vancouver, 21 is the high. More sunny breaks for the afternoon. A great start to our Monday. And a chance of showers and a change on the way. It'll be late Tuesday and leading in towards our Wednesday. Sonia? All right. Thanks very much for that, Yvonne. Um, now, the weather was perfect for this year's Hayek International Parade 2 in New Westminster. <laughs> Streets absolutely packed this morning for the annual parade, which started at 6th Street and 8th Avenue. The New West tradition meant to celebrate the heritage and culture of the Royal City. People from all over the Pacific Northwest took part. The history of it makes it so special. Um, actually, funny story is I moved here from Los Angeles 17 years ago. In the day that my truck came, I couldn't get it to my house in Queens Park because there was a parade going through. Now, at the time, I wasn't very happy about it, but I've grown to love it, and now I'm president of it. It's a wonderful event. It brings together our community, the families. It's been going on for 47 years, and it also brings floats and attendees from throughout Pacific Northwest. Now, it's stunning, but it's stinky at the same time. This is the Amorphophallus titanum. That's the technical Latin name for this plant, yeah. also known as the corpse flower. And the reason it's called the corpse flower is because when it opens up, it emits the smell of rotting flesh, uh, which is it's one of its kind of claims to fame. Rotting flesh, hey? The rare exotic plant has bloomed at a conservatory in Edmonton late on Thursday night. The stench apparently only lasts 24 to 48 hours. It stunk a little bit, not as bad as I thought it would. I thought it didn't smell that bad, um, but also I was really that impressed by the size of the plant, and it's beautiful. Yeah, Gagnus is not the only corpse flower out there. Uh, a petrella has been raising a stink for several years. Miracle Weekend is more than an annual telethon supporting Children's Hospital. It's a celebration of giving, caring, and community. Join us for Miracle Weekend June 2nd and 3rd on Global BC. All right, now the city of Maple Ridge honored one of their own today. Three, two, one, cut! 
Yeah, lots of cheers. Uh, the Carina LeBlanc field at Merkley Park was uh, officially unveiled this afternoon. The Olympic bronze medalist and former national soccer team member also there for the ceremony. She even hosted a soccer clinic on the synthetic field afterwards. It's, it's kind of special because you always dream of winning an Olympic medal, but you never dream of having your park named after you. And this is the park where I grew up playing soccer, so it's really special. <laughs> Fantastic. She, she, she's a great uh, speaker, a great motivational speaker, a great goalie when she played. Mm -hmm. um, there's a good chance she probably didn't like much of the goaltending in the two soccer games from today. today. Uh, yeah, we'll start with uh, what... Happened at BC Place, some okay. lo local stuff. Uh, thanks, Anya. Yeah, the uh, one thing we've learned about the Whitecaps in the last few weeks is they never give up. In each of the last three matches, Vancouver has found a way to score late in the second half to salvage a draw. Now, today we saw exactly the same thing as Christian Teixeira begged a hat-trick in a very entertaining match at BC Place versus the Revolution. Speaking of entertaining, look at that outfit by Kai Kamara. Stylish. Switches to the kit. And then, just 25 seconds in, almost scores this one. He should have scored, but he puts it right on the keeper. Could he miss? Yeah, how could he miss? Nil, nil, just a minute in. 26th minute, New England with some pressure and some luck. Ali Gazal, oh, what are you doing? Making his first start at center back, and he is... Credited with the dreaded own goal. one nothing revolution at the break. Two minutes into the second half, this happened. Sean Franklin, poor defending, leads to another goal. Christian Panea with the finish, silencing BC Place. But the Whitecaps answer right back. A minute later, Marcel de Jong to Christian Teixeira, his first of the afternoon. What a finish by the bug. Cuts the lead to 2-1. 90 seconds after that, off a turnover. Russell Tiber with the cross to share again. He stopped, but he follows up the rebound, buries that, and all of a sudden, this one is tied at two. But New England would regain the lead 10 minutes later. Gazelle with another mistake, turns it over, and Teal Bunbury in front with the flick. The former, or the son of former Canadian international, Alec Bunbury. 3-2 New England, Vancouver with another great chance here. Can you believe this? Kamara with another easy tap and it doesn't even hit the target. 74th minute, Caps never fold. They keep pushing and they get rewarded. Teixeira finds a streaking. Or Teixeira with the berry there. That ties the game up at three. And then the Caps with the chance to win it. Teixeira with the setup this time. Oh, Felipe hits the post. Fans were entertained. This one ends in a 3-3 draw. Their next matchup for the Whitecaps will be Friday in Colorado. All right, two soccer giants battled for a European club supremacy today as Real Madrid took on Liverpool in Champions League final. Real, the two-time defending champs who have won three of the last four, while Liverpool making their first appearance in the title match in 11 years. Here comes the teams walking out of the tunnel past the trophy they are playing for Real. 12 titles overall, Liverpool with five. This match taking place in Kiev in the Ukraine. 24th minute, not good for the Reds. Mohamed Salah is taken down. His arm gets tangled with Sergio Ramos. He was the top scorer in the EPL 
44 goals in all competitions. He would have to leave a few minutes later. His uh, status for the World Cup is in jeopardy now for uh, Egypt. This was a big blunder. Liverpool keeper Loris Karius with a massive mistake. Green Benze uh, Benzema with the goal. 1-0 Madrid. Four minutes after that, the Reds with the equalizer off the corner. Sadio Mane, the Senegalese forward with the flick there, ties the game up at one. And Jurgen Klopp on the sidelines, he's pumped as this one is 1-1. But 64th minute, another fabulous strike here. This is an absolute wonder strike by Gareth Bale, who came into the game just two minutes before that goal. That would give Madrid a 2-1 lead. Maybe the greatest goal we've ever seen in Champions League, at least in a final as well. All right, 83rd minute, more trouble for Karius. This one should be an easy stop, but Bale with his second goal of the game. You can call it two blunders and a wonder strike. 3-1 is your final. Real lifts the trophy for the third straight year, fourth in five years, and 13th overall, the most of any club in Europe. All right, game six of the Western Conference Final. Warriors and the Rockets getting ready for this one. Golden State down 3-2 in the series. Rockets came up firing. Trevor Ariza, a three-pointer. Houston, 8 of 12 in the first quarter on three points alone. Curry, the long three. This one is in the second. Houston up big on the Warriors. Golden State in a must-win situation. Join us on Global for the annual BC Children's Hospital Miracle Weekend. The two-day celebration will showcase the best of Children's Hospital and the fundraising efforts undertaken throughout the year. Details at MiracleWeekend.com. Les Miserables returns to Vancouver. The Tony Award-winning musical phenomenon will be at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre from July 10th to 15th. Tickets at broadwayacrosscanada.ca. For Our BC, I'm Yvonne Schell. Our BC is brought to you by Alpine Credits. Own your own home and need a loan? Get approved in less than 24 hours at alpinecredits.ca. Welcome back, everyone. The Alliance training camp continues in Kamloops. Now, one of the biggest off-season changes was the addition of Jarius Jackson as the offensive coordinator. Now, under Kahari Jones last year, BC produced the third amount, uh, third least amount of points in the CFL. Jackson plans to implement a different style, one that will showcase the player's strengths. Let him run. Let him be, let him be who he is. Let him be an athlete. And, you know, we got a lot of those guys around here. Burnham, Manny, um, you know, Tyler Davis right now is having a great camp. Uh, Ricky Collins, uh, Shaq, Shaq Johnson's having a great camp right there. Uh, Corey Watson, I mean, the list goes on. I mean, so can't speak enough about, you know, the skill guys that we have right now. You know, getting Javon Olafoye here back, I mean, that's another book in, book tackle in for us. Uh, Joel Figueroa's being here, and then, you know, the big guys in the middle. I mean, uh, hopefully we can definitely lean on some people this year. Hopefully guys can stay healthy and, you know, we can lean on some people in the run game and, you know, make them stack the box, and then that creates more one-on-ones outside. All right, we are less than 48 hours until game one of the Stanley Cup final. Vegas will host the Capitals at T-Mobile Arena. Now, the bookies have the Knights as the favorites to win this series. Now, the Caps have a chance. They need to find a way to slow down Vegas's top line. William Carlson, Riley Smith, and Jonathan Marcheseau have combined for 47 points so far in the playoffs. You know, you look at, obviously, their, their, their top line, those 
two of those guys played together uh, in Florida, and then and then Carlson is, you know, a version of Barkoff or or one of their top centermen. So that line has been very productive for them, and 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 has really driven that hockey team. I don't want to yeah. see the regular. Oh, look, yeah. Philly Fanatic dealing with a shoulder injury. I think he has an appointment with a neurologist, and he needs some X-rays. Actually, he was just mocking the Jays pitching staff. Bottom of five, Phillies get on the board. That's Michael Franco going yard. Now, Aaron Nola was on fire. Strikes out Curtis Granderson. Had 10 strikeouts in this game. He was working on a no-hitter into the seventh inning, but he runs into some trouble. Two on for Russell Martin. The single breaks up the no-no and also scores a run for the Jays. Nola's day would be over as he would go seven, just giving up that one hit. Eighth inning, tied at one. Philly would win it. Nick Williams with a solo shot. 2-1 is the final. The Jays are 3-10 and in their last 13. Third round of the Fort Worth Invitational. Justin Rose, the leader. He would birdie 1, 2, and 3. And then on 6, the club slips, but his approach is actually pretty good. He would birdie that one. You're going to teach you that one. All right. This is how you uh, don't play out of the sand. That's Satoshi Kodara, who misses everything, goes behind the bleachers. He would take a double bogey on that one. Brooks Kepka. On 14, trying to make a run here. His second shot would lead to a birdie. He is second at minus 10, four shots back. Back to Rose on 11. This approach would lead to a birdie. He's your leader at minus 14. Canadian Corey Connors shot a 763. He is six back of Rose. Final round goes tomorrow right here on Global. All right. Uh, finally, tonight we are going to be talking about uh, the exciting day for travellers at the airport in Tampa, getting to witness a pretty exciting and unexpected delivery, a service dog giving birth to a litter of puppies. Mother Nature's timing can be a bit unpredictable. And I just thank God that, you know, everybody's safe, healthy and happy. That's all. Service dog Ellie was waiting to fly with her owner, Diane Van Atner, to Philadelphia when she unexpectedly went into labor. Never seen anything like this, especially not in an airport. Tampa Fire Rescue team members stationed at the airport immediately responded. They were there and it took a couple of hours. The fire department was a wonderful help. They really were. The I can't imagine that, being pregnant myself. Uh, I can't imagine being in labor on the airplane or anything. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I looked over the top and all of a sudden I seen a, a whole bushel of puppies. And I was like, yeah, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. After a long two-hour delivery, Mom Ellie's final birth was to a little girl. And that's the little only little girl we have. We have seven boys and one girl, which was the last puppy. And even though they missed their flight, Van Adder is going home with some special souvenirs born here in the Sunshine State. Now what they lost in their luggage being on the plane, they got in a, in a, a whole bunch of, uh, of puppies with them now. And also, for you, Yvonne... Uh, this time, a new addition at the Malaysian Zoo. want to tell you about the baby panda born five months ago. <laughs> Introduced to the public for the first time today. No na name yet for the cub. Doctors say she's very healthy and happy, though. Weighing just under 20 pounds. <laughs> she and Yvonne's losing it back Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, Yvonne wants to be a mum to panda. <laughs> uh, she's the second cub born to a pair of giant pandas on loan from China. 
Her sister was born in 2015 and was sent back to China last November. The two countries have a deal for cubs born in captivity to return to Beijing at the age of two, just in case you thought they were being cruel. All right. Booking a flight to Malaysia now. Oh, you going to go totally check them. Uh, like a caretaker of pandas. Yes, yes. they have calling, that. Yeah, like a foster parent. Yeah, it's just yeah. going to be on, on the side. Weather <laughs> and pandas. You could just carry it in, in with you, like depending on the side. You know why? Just look at those images. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks very much for watching. We'll see you back here tonight uh, at uh, 11 o'clock. Aww. <laughs>